Hey guys, and welcome back to Tina Rich Gavahul again. How are you? Have you been? I hope you guys have been well. I'm a little better than I was. It's been a hard couple of weeks for me mentally. Um, it was just well. I think I sh I think I'll just share with you guys what's happened to me uh, before I go into everything else. Um, I had a little bit of a cancer scare. Uh, I'm dealing with it uh, the best that I can. Um, so I'll I figure it out as I go along. I hope everything comes out negative. I had a biopsy procedure done. That was fucking terrifying. Um, more people should talk about the fucking experience of getting a biopsy. It was unpleasant. It was unpleasant to say the least. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I know that that sounds babyish of me. I am always baby girl. Um, but yeah, that was a horrifying procedure. And um, I guess I'll share it at the end just because it's kind of a downer. And I don't want anyone to kind of feel shitty. Um, anyways, if you hear things going on in the background, I'm also doing my skincare routine for the night. Because it is very late. And I do not like to sleep without doing some kind of skincare, even if it's not the whole entire thing. Just a little something something so I don't feel like shit. You know what I mean? Anyways. What was I going to talk about? Right, 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 right. So I've been watching a couple of fantasy like anime recently that are high key digging. And I want to talk about the first one that I, I kind of put on the as background noise but really ended up interesting the fuck out of me and it isn't something that normally would um that's why i always say guys check out different types of anime like even if it's not necessarily your jam and a half you know what i mean like check out new things because you never know what ends up really catching your eye or what you can really resonate with so i want to talk about delicious in the dungeon and there's another name for it as well if I know the name, Delicious in Dungeon, and what else is it called? Ooh. It's also, it's available on Netflix, just in case you are interested. I think that's the main name, or Dungeon's Delicious. Um, and what it's about, it's about this young man. Yeah, young man-ish. Who is in this kind of, like, fantasy world. The ones where you have your like little team and you fight monsters and caves, you know the trope. And so what we have here is this dude and he's in the middle of fighting a dragon with his team members. And they're like starving because they haven't had food for a while. And he ends up getting distracted. He's a leader and he ends up getting distracted in a moment and then he ends up losing his sister because his sister gets eaten but not fully digested just eaten eaten sorry excuse me excuse me blah, 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 blah. um and as her last stitch effort she removed any living members from the team outside of the dungeon which includes a pickpocket or locksmith basically uh, who can get out of any trap. He's like really good at it. In funny fact. Fun fact. He's actually an adult. Even though he looks like a kid. Which I find really funny for this one. Only for this one particularly. Um, 
the brother obviously the one who's in charge he is surviving and then like an elf girl who practices magic like magic kind of a proper young lady very to the rules and you know the god i think his name is leon decides hey you know i'm gonna go back for my sister i know that we don't have any supplies or provisions like we'll try and get some along the way or something but i'm not gonna let my sister get eaten like that's fucking hikey crazy so they're like okay you know we'll go with you because you know we owe her you know our lives or whatever and you know whatever it is what it is <laughs> um so yeah so they go in and he starts kind of like the main guy i have to give him a name what is his name again uh, characters. there you go characters there you go because there's a lot of names i'm gonna give him oh yeah lioness so the main guy's name is lioness lioness is like a typical night guy but he starts talking hella shit about like hey doesn't it sound interesting to i don't know maybe like eat one of these monsters which apparently throws the other two into a tiffy because they're like what the fuck bro like why would you eat that that's disgusting that's immoral blah 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 like all types of shit they like really go off on him apparently that's like a really big taboo in this world which doesn't make sense for me because i'm like if you're in a dungeon and you're starving and there is some type of substance wouldn't you go for it? I mean, things have to be sustaining, self-sustaining. And that's basically what this whole anime kind of goes into. Like, the overarching story is Linus trying to get his sister back. But one of the main components of the story and what made it really interesting to me was the whole plot of, like, how this dungeon works. What are the creatures inside? How do they sustain themselves? What's the hierarchy? Like the geopolitics of it all because there is a lot of shit that goes on in this and i'm not gonna lie it's super fucking interesting and so we get to meet senshi hey alexa lower volume sorry that's in the background <laughs> um we get to meet senshi and senshi is like some kind of dwarf but his thing is he likes to cook monsters and he knows what is and isn't edible and this kind of like checks the box off for Lioness. He's like, yeah, you know what? We need to add him to our team. Because one of the biggest problems that people face when it comes to the dungeon is not having enough provisions. And he's like, and that's kind of what we suffered from the last time was not eating properly. Because that's why I was distracted, why a lot of us were pregnant, you know. It was basically the catalyst for the whole thing. The other two are just like, nah, bruh. Especially Marsley, she's the elf girl was like absolutely the fuck not bro but eventually she comes around as since she starts cooking and it starts to smell good and even she gets kind of interested and she suffers a lot like like marceline is supposed to be kind of what the typical person in this world believes and thinks and you know thinks that they know like there's a right way to do things and you know you can't be doing things the wrong way and you know, collect this and do that. And these are the proper chambers. But Senshi is kind of like her opposite. Like, he's like, it's not about the rules. It's about helping the dungeon progress, you know, making sure that there's a balance to everything because it needs to be here because it's already existing. 
you know, what we do here helps the outside world and vice versa. You know, you guys enjoy toilets, but who's cleaning those toilets and you're not thinking about it? That's me. That's, you know, some of the local, you know, monsters, stuff like that. Like, this is how this world survives. It's a cycle, which I find so beautiful. Even like the weirder parts of it, like his farming techniques, you know, um, which plants are good, which plants are not you know, finding out which monsters are what and what is edible, what's not edible, you know, they have its own recipes. It's really beautiful. Honestly, it's really a fun story and it has a lot of funny things. It definitely has a couple of like traumas from some of the characters. Like you'll definitely experience the trauma from some of the characters and they definitely have their tropes or whatever. But otherwise than that, I find this to be such a creative anime and it was such beauty with its world building and you can see people's different sides and opinions and then we get to meet ogres and see what their opinion is because they've been kind of forced to live down here and you know be in this different environment and how they adapted to it versus how the prejudices of the elf marceli affects them and vice versa it is genuinely a very interesting anime. Um, I really cannot wait to watch season two. Just because I find it very fascinating. The voice acting could use a little work. But after all, my favorite character in this whole series is Senshi, which is a dwarf. I do enjoy Leonard because uh, Leonardi, whatever the fuck his name is, Leonard. Um, because I enjoy his curiosity. Because I'm like... I can see myself through his lens the most. Like, since she is in it, like a more evolved version of Leonard in a way, because um, he kind of has more of an understanding of things, and he's still learning. Obviously, like he's not like a master or everything. He's still learning like the rules and which creatures are which, and how even humans are factored into this, you know, life cycle here that they got going on. And yeah, honestly, I find it so interesting. And season one ends and they still don't find a sister. But we get to find a lot of cool monsters. And I'm not going to lie, kind of makes me want to try it. Like watching them cook. Something about anime cooking can be so fascinating at times. And if you know what I mean, you know what I mean. Anyways, talking about fascinating world buildings, let's also sit here and take a second and talk about this anime that I've been watching and I'm caught up to it I'm kind of disappointed that there's not more right now and it's called hold on one second just finish watching it I have to go through oh yes fluffy paradise okay I am so waiting for the next episode okay so you wouldn't think that this is something that would go kind of hand in hand, but it really is. So the story goes that there's this young woman who is basically worked to death. Her name is Midori. Midori was a amazing like office worker. She busted her ass and did hella overtime hours. But one day it kind of all catches up to her and she ends up practically dying in her apartment on her like basically on her way to her apartment and this is where she meets like god a god or whatever and he tells her hey i can't control how long you live but i control i can put where you live and i have a request from you 
I want you to tell me if the humans here deserve to live or not. Which is a gigantic responsibility, as anyone would think. You know what I mean? To condemn a whole race or whatever. So she kind of like agrees to it. It's like, okay, fine. Let's, let's, I'll try it. She's like, um, but like, if I can ask for anything, because he doesn't say, hey, if you want to ask for anything, I got his special ability. Like, this is the moment. So she goes, I want to be able to pet anything that's fluffy. Like, I've always wanted to pet. Um, I always wanted animals to like me. They never really have. And that's like the one real thing I always wish I could. And he was like, okay, weird, weird wish, but I, I got you, I guess. So then <laughs> she wakes up and she is reborn. Like, and I find this to be so kind of weird. Um, like there's there's a couple of anime that do that do it now where it's like you know you get reborn as a baby you get reborn as like a baby but you still have all your memories as an adult and i find that to be creepy a little bit like i find that really creepy because i'm like at least let them start from zero and then eventually like gain memories back but i'm like if you have them start like at baby stage it's weird because they're like you're conscious that you're shitting yourself. I feel like that's so weird. Anyways, my personal sentiments aside. Um, she's adorable. And she is named Nima. That's just her like short name. It's a fucking gigantic name. And I'm not going to give it to you. But she's born into basically like a high class royal family. They're second in line for the throne. But they don't particularly care about that because he's uh, her father's mainly into finance, and his mom, her mom is more of a like high society woman in general, and she has uh, two older siblings, a brother and a sister. The sister looks very similar to the father with the red hair and the fiery attitude, but the mom also has a very fiery attitude. And then the older, and then the second, and then the brother, who's like, I think the second oldest, and he's much more Prince Charming, much more of a softer young man, very princely, you know what I mean? And they both really love their little sister, obviously. Um, <laughs> so she's three years old at this point, and her sister is basically about to go into school to prove her you know, status as, like, a mage. Because that's what she is in this world, if I'm not mistaken. And she has to go do the school challenge to prove herself. But before we can get there, she ends up traveling with her mom to go see an acquaintance of her at the palace of the king. Her dad's already there because he has, he's obviously one of the financiers. So he's there with the king, whatever. They're talking their shit and she's out with the mom. But she runs away from the mom to follow some animals because she's always had a quote unquote affinity with animals. Now, this time she goes a little far and she decides to hop her ass over like a window and decide to walk around and fuck around with these little animals. In her fucking around, she ends up finding a giant like white tiger who is quote unquote a sky tiger because in this world there are like monsters and elemental beings and apparently he's like an elemental being um but he's has an owner or like not really an owner 
more like a companion, which is the prince. He accompanies the prince. So this is where we first meet her and the prince. They first meet. Now, it's pretty obvious that he kind of is like intrigued by her because obviously not many people get to touch the sky tiger and she's here around playing with it fucking around with it like it's hilariously cute um so he immediately grabs an interest for her and then hit the interest kind of doubles once her sister ends up having her examination and what ends up being summoned is a fire dragon and most people think she's running to go protect her sister but she ends up going to go and protect the sky the the dragon the fire dragon and tell him hey please don't attack it it doesn't mean anyone harm chill the fuck out and this is where she kind of becomes friends with the lion and the lion's name is soul and he basically is like hey you can call upon powers whenever you need it and this is where she kind of really started thinking about hey is this what they meant about deciding whether humans should live or not because they're having they're in this world with monsters constantly exist and they're supposed to be a balance but there is this like religious cult or religious group we could call them that that because they're very well established cult plus time equals religion we all know this this is just straight math and so she kind of even in her like the funny thing is she does have adult memories and adult mind but it's not always full like she still has the quirks of a child I don't know if it's because of her body limiting her mindset or what it is. Because she still, you know, she still does things recklessly and things along those lines that she's not supposed to do and she knows that. But I guess it's like the lack of inhibition that comes with being a child. So there's like a weird thing going on there. So yeah, she kind of ends up being noticed because people are like, okay, that's not normal. Um that's not right that's not how things work so maybe she's like the chosen one so uh there are different groups who want to do things with her they want to raise her themselves they feel like oh you know she's definitely useful to send forth and they start mentioning how hey you know she doesn't look like either of the parents which immediately starts they try to put doubt on the family on their loyalty and stuff like that which obviously the mom kind of really shuts that shit the fuck down because the creepy religious like leader is trying to get his grubby little mitts on her and the mom clearly puts an end to it and the king kind of lets them you know keep their daughter but then they start side-eyeing how you know she seems to have black eyes which is very rare in this world and it's not really supposed to happen everyone has basically like blue eyes or greenish eyes or something along those lines and she's the only one walking around with like basically black eyes um fast forward she starts getting worried about her education by the way she becomes friends with the prince because he finds her super interesting obviously he petted her like lion she ended up potentially stopping a massacre for a bunch of nights so obviously now he she's on her radar she's on the king's radar obviously she's on everybody's radar at this point um <laughs> but that's just they have to start focusing on her education and they hire someone who you know they normally work with but is also affiliated with the church and she immediately comes in trying to beat her you know trying to give her lessons trying to force feed her you know etiquette and information 
And this kind of really fucks with her mentally because A, she's still a kid, technically. Like I said, like there's a technicality if she's in the body of a kid. She has the inhibitions of a child. So, but she still has that adult consciousness, which is fun because they're kind of at play with each other sometimes. And so, how do I say this? The king wants to educate her himself on the animals that are around them, like the animals, the beasts, the quote unquote, that are around them. And she's also being kind of forced fed like certain information to make her quote unquote a good lady. But of course, she isn't a big fan of the treatment that she's getting from this lady and also is aware that she's kind of like affiliated with the church so she's like hey i'm gonna bring her down one way or the other and she ends up like bringing up her biases and even though she gets beat for it she's like hey it's a battle and i've won at least a, a battle like it's a war but i've won at least a battle now i know what triggers her now i know what could do it whatever and she ends up exploring more of the world because some time has gone by. Now she's no longer three. She's around five years old. And she starts being able to explore more of the world with the father. And so he starts taking her out on trips. And of course, things happen to her because she's, you know, child inhibition. Um, and she gets up getting mixed up with ogres, and like um, goblins. But the goblins aren't bad. Everyone, no one is truly bad, which I find fun. Um except for the church in this <laughs> really not pro church um <laughs> uh there's no one that's there's no beast that's bad they're just doing what they're naturally supposed to do but she doesn't understand that the more she's naming things the more power she's giving to them and this ends up manifesting with one of the hobgoblins which is like more of an evolved version of a goblin who ends up becoming almost a human with her assistance i'm not gonna tell you how it gets there <laughs> but just know that that becomes a thing by the way the the hobgoblin becomes kind of like a human hot don't know why i don't want to go into it but very hot um but yeah and it's just it's a very intriguing story very there's definitely a strong plot like there's a lot of sub things going on and it can get anyone lost if you're not really paying attention but it's a really well written story with a lot of moving parts and it kind of reminds me of i became a goddess in another world but i run a cafe yeah i know it's a fucking title but it's kind of giving that, but more through the lens of an eye of a child's eye, and it's very beautiful. The imagery is gorgeous. The messaging is hard. It goes it goes in with the messagings, but I definitely not saying that it's not a worthwhile watch. I really think it is. I enjoy it. I think it's really freaking interesting. Sorry for the sprays um yeah so i can't say a single negative thing about this show actually i really enjoyed it and i enjoyed it more than i thought i would like i said i've been finding a lot of shows that i'm enjoying more than i thought i would and i appreciate that because i'm like you know what you never know what you'll find i'm still watching the apothecary diaries and it's it's just going it's going it's going um it's going well actually <laughs> i cannot lie about that um what else have i been watching here and there 
Oh yeah, I finished rewatching uh Campfire Cooking. I'm not gonna lie, bro. This show is a new comfort show for me. Like it really is a classic comfort show. And you'll take that shit over my dead body because I'm telling you, get that bueno, that bueno. Um, so yeah, I was watching it after I got my biopsy, which I guess now I'll talk about that because um not I didn't ever really I was trying to find information online what it's like to get like a thyroid biopsy. Um, because I they found something in my thyroid and my lymph nodes. So I was told to just, you know, get don't worry about it, you can eat before you go or whatever. Um, I actually was able to get an appointment very quickly because um, my insurance and because I actually work with a lot of doctors. So kind of hard to deny someone you kind of work with. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I know that I say that at a point of privilege. Um, so, you know, take this as a, as a corn of salt, like as, you know, a pinch of salt. I don't know how to say it. I don't know the English phrase for it. Um, but you know what I'm trying to say. Take it with a pinch of salt. Something, I think that's right. I feel like that's right. I could still be wrong though. Anyways. Um, so I was able to get my appointment in. Um, yeah, they told me just, hey, don't worry. Um, mind you, I still needed a referral, even though I was there the first time for the screening when they found something. Um, then secondly, my doctor called me, said, Hey, you know, you need to go back. There's something wrong. You know, um, it could be potential cancerous. You need to run. This is like a, you cannot wait on this. So needless to say, it's, it, it was a couple of hard, this February was like one of the hardest of my life. I will never forget this. Um, so I said, okay, and I initially got another doctor. That's what they gave me. But luckily for me, I'm very well versed in insurance lingo and what goes on in it. So I had called previously to set an appointment. I asked them if they were with my insurance. They said yes. And then they said something that made me feel very suspicious. Um, I'm not going to tell you the name of this doctor just because I don't want to air his business out there. And I don't want to get come after like someone coming after me but i'll just explain like why i found them to be very odd so i called the doctor and i explained to them the situation i explained to them that my regular pcp does actually have like has a referral and they work with him and he's very close to my location so they told me sure no problem we'll take you especially because we you know specialize in biopsies I said, great, no problem. Like, you take my insurance, this and forth. They cleared it off. They said, yes. I said, great. They said, okay, but your deductible is going to be around $500. Now, I knew that that was crazy money because I actually read my insurance policy back to front and front to back. And I can relay the information for my employees because I'm that thorough of a bitch. So... (laughs) Like, if you're going to come for me, come for me correct. That kind of person. <laughs> so, they told me it was going to be $500 for the initial appointment, and it could be up to three, and it's going to require around $1,500 up front. Um, I immediately knew that was suspicious, but just in case I did make an appointment, um, one that would give me enough time to contact my insurance and follow up with them. 
So I did just that. And I said, thank you. Make an appointment for me far off, you know, towards the end of February. They said, no problem. We got you. I hung up. I called my insurance. I had my insurance look up their name. They didn't find them. I had my insurance look up their address. They did find the address, but not the specific doctor. Now, you have to be very careful with things like that because just because someone works in an area that is normally acceptable to you and normally in like a building that you go to all the time doesn't mean that they're covered by your insurance. So always be wary, especially if it's not in the case of an like physical emergency clearly I wasn't dying at the moment so I was like still had the time to think even in my panic state because this all happened in one day basically I got the screening and I got the call in literally two hours like it was no break time in between it was just hit the floor running um so the lady was so nice I'm not gonna lie um also I know how to talk to people who work in insurance like I said I worked in insurance so lots of sympathy lots of oh i get it honey oh darling you do such a good job it sounds bullshitty but i promise you that it goes a very long way so i talked to her and she tries she tries to help me she goes hey i'm really not seeing this person and you really do need to get this done so call them and get the mpi number get their office number get their fax number get it all together get it all together for me as fast as you possibly can so that we can get it all done and get their tax number too. I said, okay, no problem. I know all about these things. So I immediately called them. For anyone who doesn't know, an NPI number is basically a doctor specific number um, that they use to get their policies. If they have any kind of contract, your people will know, your insurance will know. Uh, The tax number is how they get paid, basically. And obviously the fax number is for documentation, so for proof and signing off. So those types of things. Um, so I called and I asked. They were very hesitant to give me that, which I found to be the fir- like the second red flag for me. And I'm like, that's not normal. You should be more than willing to give that information out. Um, so I told them, hey, you know, I do need this um, or else my insurance isn't going to cover it. And you're telling me you work with my insurance. I'm like, oh, yes, we do. I'm like, well, they're not telling me they don't see they don't see you at all. So either either they're lying or you're lying. So give me the information that I need and then I can double check. And at that point, there was no like <laughs> there was no real argument after that. And so she did give me the information I called. And this time I got someone else and she clearly didn't want to help me. And you know, when someone doesn't want to help you, they kind of try to brush you off. And so I stopped mid sentence and said, Hey, if you don't want to help me, please just transfer me to someone else. I appreciate you. And I'm pretty sure that you're normally good at your job, but this is not it for me. Please. If this is not you, it's fine. I don't blame you. It's Friday. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of things going on. So thank you very much, but please pass me to someone else. And she was like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I guess at that point, she had like a moment of clarification. She's like, okay, you know what? Let me help you. So she took down all my information and said, hey, you know, there's a doctor that's right there. There's a, all the doctors in that building is basically covered by him, by us, except for him. He's the one and only exception, meaning if you do go to him, not only will you pay a deductible, but you'll pay like, you know, a certain amount afterwards, meaning that the charge could have been for one appointment over $3,000, depending on um, the the technology and how they wanted to bill me, which is really crazy if you think about it. Like, had I not not been someone who knows what they're doing, that would have been money down the drain. Like, literally, especially in a desperate situation. Luckily, I have my head on me. And 
you might think that hey you know maybe you talk to your mom or something i didn't talk to anyone <laughs> i talked to my partner and my partner doesn't know shit about this um so it was basically me on my own trying to figure all of this out and i even you know spoke to them and i was like hey you know if i need to take this bill on i don't want you to worry about it i'm gonna handle it on my own even if i have to take a credit card or whatever and they were like no like we'll pay it off no matter what it is and i said no because there's always a way i'm like when there's a will there's a way and if this is not the one then that's fine so then i started thinking to myself hey you know i've worked um why can't i go back to the place that i did the screening because this place is charging me too much i'm like it could be that because my doctor's normally used to working with him that he's thinking it's okay in the send forth and he can get the, the information faster but i'm like this is financially not a good idea for me especially if there needs to be treatment afterwards because that means that there would be a lot more money being put in and i'm like and i would have to at least get financially ready for something like that you know so it was there was a lot of things running to my head to say the least i'm not emotional about anything this is just informative for you guys if you guys ever need that information here this is how you do it um <laughs> uh, some information might always seem weird or stupid or unnecessary but when you're at that moment this information could be literally life-saving like i literally could have gone bankrupt literally most Americans don't even have $500 set aside for an, for an emergency. Nevertheless, thousands. It's expensive. And we don't have, most people don't have that luxury. Nobody really has that luxury unless you're making crazy amounts of money. So, you know, me being me, I called my PCP. I said, hey, I appreciate you sending me to that doctor, but I want to go back to the original clinic. They explained to me, hey, you know, he's one of the best around. There's only two of them that really are like specialists in this particular round. I said, I understand that, but I cannot afford it. And I explained the situation and I said, hey, you know, I'm going to be charged separately for the appointment, $500. Then for the examination, because I know in my head how it works. Then for any medication, then for the imaging and then for the information itself, depending on his rates, it would go to basically <laughs> thousands of dollars and if i have to go back a couple of times because they might find something else then i have to go again for another imaging and another examination it's might cost over ten thousand dollars and he understood it and he was immediately like no but i thought that he took your insurance because we take the same insurance i said no he doesn't and i can confirm this i talk to my insurance i have proof i can contact them with you myself if you choose not to believe me and my doctor knows me very well he knows that i have years of experience working with insurance so he was like no if you're telling me this then that's not gonna be this is not gonna work i'm gonna send you to the original location he was like how much do you pay for go pay with them i'm like honestly it's only 20 bucks and i'm like 20 bucks versus potentially upwards of thousands and he was like, no, that's not fair to you. Um, it might take a little longer for me to get the information, but I'm sending you right back. I said, no problem. Please send in the referral. Now, this is no hate to my doctor. I do appreciate him. Um, I guess one of the nurses fucked up and it didn't get the referral in to like, basically I had to call them in the day before I had to go to my, two days before I had to go to my appointment because um, the clinic called me and said, hey, we still don't have your referral and you need this done. I said, yeah, no shit. So I called my PCP's office and I let them know, hey, they still hadn't gotten the referral. 
they were like wait why are you going there and i explained to them again the situation they're like okay no 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 we got you luckily i called them at one and by 7 p.m everything was solved thank god so i was ready to go and now let's talk about the procedure <sighs> okay so the procedure was in my throat um so the first thing i did was we went in and they had me remove my shirt whatever like that they maybe put on that those annoying little gowns or whatever they do and i had to sit on this cold ass table um they put a gel on me and they told me hey that you should be numbed but the doctor then decided not to numb me i don't know why um but i couldn't just not go through with the procedure so i had to do what i had to do um so i sat there as they stuck these seven and a half millimeter seven and a half like millimeter like uh, fucking needles in my neck um if you think this was traumatic it really was i'm not gonna lie it was very traumatic um luckily i'm not afraid of needles anymore if i was it reminded me of being a kid when i was afraid of needles and this is why i was afraid of needles because i did have something similar when i was younger um but needless to say um they stuck these gigantic needles into my lymph nodes um and i just kind of sat there because they said that they were going to do two of them at the same time two um two testings at the same time just in case um, which one is preventative is one was to check at the moment. And I said, you know what? We got to do what we got to do. So it was going to be four of them, four of the, these giant needles um, going into my throat. And it was excruciatingly painful because I wasn't allowed to move or breathe for a certain period of time. <laughs> um, <laughs> laughing about it, like, like it wasn't serious, but it really was. Um and I just had to lay there and be as still as humanly possible as they took living cells from my throat. Um, uh, so I, I felt everything. I felt when the needle went in. I felt the scraping of my skin, my of my tissues. Um, I felt the tears come down my face. Um, I felt bad too because um, I saw the nurse looking at me and she was really apologetic. I can tell because she was like, because she was the first one telling me that they were going to numb me. And when the doctor came in and said, no, we're just going to go straight in and get it done. Um, she was even shocked. But I said, we got to do what we got to do. Then so be it. Um, if there's no anesthesiologist, then let's go. And anesthesiologist is someone who works with anesthesia, obviously, just in case someone didn't know that. Um, so, yeah, I just had to sit there and just kind of deal with that as they move my throat around manually and like put these needles in there um well in retrospect it felt a lot worse um but when it was done it was done um i was in tears and i was shaking but it was done and i was happy to have it done um so I got off and, you know, the nurse, she was wonderful. God bless. Um, she, you know, gave me tissues. She helped me wipe my tears off. Um, I could tell she felt really bad, but, um, obviously you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, and yeah, like 
that was it and then i got to go home um needless to say it was highly traumatic so i ended up just taking an uber home because i just wanted to get home as soon as possible you could just leave right after you're done you don't even get like band-aids or anything like that because it's always it's very it's a thin needle but it's very long and internal so um you can just kind of go right after and so i did i went home and i went home in tears and i just sat around and i watched the little beautiful slice of life that was um campfire cooking in another world and that kind of helped me calm down but it was definitely like a very traumatic day because i had another follow-up appointment on the same exact day uh and it was just it was quite a bit i'm not gonna lie that day was so traumatic but like i said i'm glad i'm glad that i got it done i am glad i'm glad that i did it um i'm glad that i didn't pay fucking thousands of dollars to get it done um it sucked that they didn't give me anesthesia and my heart goes out to anyone who does a cervical biopsy because they really don't give any kind of numbing at all and there are live nerve endings in people's cervix so honestly it could have been way worse for me so i appreciate what was done i appreciate what i got through um and honestly like fuck it it is what it is now i'm just awaiting things and i feel better because i at least i got one i need to get done and i knew how to get things done so if anyone ever comes across it in my life i know how to address it i know how to prepare them for it um i know how to support someone who's going through something like that now um a little bit better and i'm very glad that i work in the social work department because um it definitely gave me a leg up when it comes to dealing with things like this up front and advocating for myself obviously i could have advocated for myself a little bit better but at the moment i was desperate it was a moment of desperation and that's what happens in a lot of like the healthcare system especially in america it's like people don't go to doctors unless something's very wrong and they don't tend to go for preventative care because a lot of people can't afford it not everyone can afford $30 every time that they're sick and then plus whatever the cost of medication is even if it sounds low to you for someone else that $30 could be the difference between my kids have lunch for the week or they starve so like how do I say this I have a lot of sympathy for people who go through medical conditions in this country and in many countries that don't actively invest into their health care and my heart breaks for those who can't who try to but just literally cannot um i wish that there was a better system i wish that people could get more preventative care i wish that there wasn't so much medical discrimination based on skin color because after i finished everything and i told my friend about it my friend also had a very similar procedure done because uh, she has something off with her thyroid and um she did get numbed but i didn't and she literally said like it's probably because you're a darker person and like i didn't want to think like that because you know in the moment you don't want to especially after something so traumatic you don't want to add more trauma 
to something like that. And I just kind of said, I'm like, if that was the case, I don't care. Because I'm glad that at least I, like, I'll get my answer. So she was like, I respect that. Because she's like, that's fucking hard as shit. Like, that's fucking hard. You know, like, I was numb then I felt it. I can't imagine what you're going through. And so I just kind of shrugged it off. Um, I It's been fucking what fridays it was on Tuesday. it was on thursday so friday saturday today's sunday um i'm still a little sore from my throat but i'm doing a lot better the first night i felt like i couldn't breathe because it was just my throat was just so swollen um they told me they did tell me like hey you don't take Tylenol or Advil, whatever your favorite is to just calm it down because the swelling is going to be really bad she did not lie. That nurse did not lie. <laughs> but yeah, that's what it was like for me. Um, and yeah, this is very raw and very kind of off topic for me. But I always say that sometimes our personal experiences can help others. And I think this was like a great moment, a great teaching moment for people. Like you have options. Even in moments of desperation, you have options. Even if it's not always 100%, you know, known to you, reach out to those who do know. You know, if you're not like me and you can't, you know, bear the burden on your own, then it's fine to reach out to people. It's always good to have a good support network, whether it's a friend or a family member or a partner, you know, always make sure to have someone who can fight for you and fight on your behalf. My friend was even shocked that I didn't invite her to go with her to go with me to get it done but i was like hey like i'm a bad bitch always have been pedal to the fucking metal i jump in <laughs> and that's a will always be so yeah uh sorry was this kind of a downer but also it's informative all of this information was informative for anyone who's ever going through something like that and to know that hey i might be behind a microphone but i'm still a fucking person um so yeah bye